currency, it's a human being. You know, time is the most valuable currency. And if somebody is willing to give you theirs, like, you know what I mean? Like beautiful, like that's amazing. And and that's the reason on why we grew our-, our Welcome back to Young Smart Money with me, your host, Apple Kreider. Today, we're sitting down with Jaden Gross to talk about starting a social media marketing agency and really the mindset required to be a successful entrepreneur, okay? This guy has grown his business to a place where he has now over 300 people working for him across three different businesses. So he's really been able to scale very quickly for as young as he is, okay? This dude is a young guy. I met him at uh, the ClickFunnels event over in Nashville now a few months ago, and, and we connected. I got to hear a little bit about his story, and I knew I wanted to have him on the podcast because he's doing some absolutely massive things in the social media marketing space. He grew his agency from absolutely nothing to $1.2 million in 12 months, okay? And if that doesn't speak volumes to the kind of, of massive action that this dude is taking, I don't really know what does. So without further ado, we're going to welcome Jaden onto the podcast. I'm, I'm super stoked to sit down with him. He drops a massive amount of value for you guys. I know I got a ton of value out of this episode. I've already gone back and listened to it a couple times now, so I know you will as well. So without further ado, let's welcome Jaden Gross to Young Smart Money. So whether you are walking the dog or at the gym, I want you guys to sit back, relax, plug in, and enjoy this episode of Young Smart Money. All right, Jaden, welcome to Young Smart Money. How are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. How are you doing today? I am doing well. It's a pleasure to be speaking with you here. Now, Jaden, our listeners, they got to hear a little bit about you in the intro to this episode. But for those of them that aren't familiar with Jaden Gross and what you're currently working on right now, give us a, like a 60-second snapshot of where you're at in time right now, um, and then we're going to talk about prior stuff. Absolutely. So it's 2019 for anybody who's listening to this in the future. God, I love technology. Um, and pretty much what I'm focusing on are three main companies right now. The first two companies, I'm the sole owner of the second company. I'm ironically enough, a partner and I've never been a partner in a company. I've been told from a young age that the only ship that sinks is a partnership. So, um, I've just kind of avoided that kind of stuff, but I really believe in these two other business partners and I think we're going to do a great thing together. So my first company that I'm focusing on a lot right now is DHA which stands for Digital Heroes Academy. And you can type that in, digitalheroesacademy.com. You can go there and check out all the cool stuff that we're doing for young entrepreneurs that want to get into the social media marketing agency space or want to get better at sales or want to get better at learning how to operate and run a business or just learn how to do Facebook ads and build websites and all the fulfillment back and stuff. So that's pretty much what DHA is all about. We're also going to be building off of the DHA products and programs that we're selling to people an entertainment uh, and media company where we're going to be doing kind of like Rick and Morty meets entrepreneurship um, huh. and meets superheroes. And uh, we're, we're doing like superhero video animation, like episodes that incorporate supervillains that are like debt, taxes, credit card, <laughs> like just like crazy stuff. And you know, the superheroes are people that possess ultra skills in the things that help overcome those real world problems. Um, and it's just, it's, it's kind of a cool way for me to give back to myself in the past. You know, my, my biggest goal this year is to, because everybody keeps asking me this, right? And I know this is going way over 60 seconds, but bear with me. <laughs> everybody asks me, Jaden, if you go back in time and change one thing, what would you do? And I have the same answer. I would have wanted to enjoy the journey. more. Hmm. And it, it's, it's something that you can't do, right? You can't go back in time, but I figured out how to try, how to time travel. And it's just by recording yourself in the present so that the future generations can learn from your past. And that's really what we're looking to do with the video entertainment series is create something that's easily digestible for the new generation entering into this world, but make it 
cool enough to where they want to watch it besides just the business education, but also get educated as well. Hmm. You know, some of my favorite TV shows taught me the best life lessons. I know it sounds crazy, but it's like, it's not about what you're learning. It's about how you learn it, I think. And hmm. so we're a really, really big believer in the process and educating consumers uh, the right way or the entertaining and educational way. So that's our first company. That's DHA. The second project that I'm working on is something that I actually started a couple years ago when I first launched my agency. It just kind of came naturally to me. It's a, a consultancy business. Um, and when I first started off, the reason why I shut it down a couple years ago was because I hadn't really done anything yet and I wasn't really good at anything. Yet. I just launched my agency. I got a lot of, you know, uh, attention from Ty Lopez and that naturally gave me a lot of opportunities. And one of the things that I definitely checked myself on was the shiny objects. I tried to chase so many different rabbits, but, but I, I realized that at the time, the biggest thing that was making me my money and making me happy and fulfillment was my agency. So I, I pretty much shut down the consultancy. Uh, but now that my agency is more so passive, I'm a director and chairman of my agency now. We have seven branches of our company, junior, specialist, team lead, project manager, head of ops, I'm sorry, department head, and then C-level exec executives, and then myself um, as the chairman and director. And, I, and I'm pretty much just uh, one of those people that just comes in and out of the business whenever I please. Um, and I usually check in with my executive team once a month and everybody else about once a quarter for a briefing or an announcement or any changes in legislation or something that's affecting our, our marketplace. Um, and with all that free time, you know, I could retire. I could do what, you know, I see a lot of these gurus doing on Instagram, buying stuff. Um, but that's not, that's not what makes me tick. You know, ever since a young age, I was the guy that when kids were playing on the playground, I was watching tadpoles grow lakes in the pond. <laughs> and it was just like, life is fascinating to me. And one of the things that I, I respect so much about life is humans. You know, people are amazing. And I realized that it would be such a disservice to my my true industry, which is marketing advertising, to not share everything I've learned this far with everybody um, and, and just help them achieve the levels that I've achieved in shorter periods of time, right? Like I said, time travel is super interesting to me, hence why superheroes and everything you know about us is, is that. And one of the things that I've realized that I could do to both kind of hit time travel and hit my challenges and, and everything is really push the needle of success. You know, I hit 1.2 million in 12 months. That's my story. But I've, I've heard of people hitting 100 million in 12 months or, or greater. And my goal is to have those people beneath me or, or beside me, I should say, pardon me, um, so that I can build that, that super league of, mm. of, of heroes and, and not feel the need to be, quote, Superman. Because spoiler alert, it's 2019, so you should have watched the movie already. He does die <laughs> at the end of that film, or at least it looks like he does, um, if you didn't read the comics and he comes back to life. And what, comes, what brings him back to life is the Justice League. It's so crazy. And, and so, you know, when I watched that movie, Batman versus Superman, I actually, that was like a big moment for my business because I realized at that time I was doing everything by myself. And the end of that movie, you see the greatest superhero of all get taken down. And it made me think about entrepreneurs and how we're superheroes. And I was like, wow, here's the greatest of the great getting beat. And that's so devastating. And like, is that really what I'm looking forward to? And so, like I said, Full circle, that's the reason why we launched Gross Consulting uh, Incorporated, as in grossing more revenue for your companies. That's our tagline. Um, <laughs> as it's ultra important for us to really empower, support, and provide strategy and implementation. So I would say we're one of the first agencies out there, um, as a consultancy that is, that not only provides strategy, but also provides implementation. So we have a very, very proprietary process. Um, that I would like to keep reserved to just our students uh, sure. that really puts these guys way ahead of their competition. Um, and I mean, we've had 
some insane case studies. Like one of our students went from six grand month one to 50 grand month three to like 88 grand month six. And like, it, he's just blowing up. It, but granted, he does have two partners. Um, so it's not just him. Like I said, don't be Superman. Um, but still, it's just amazing to me to see that such wealth can be acquired with the right skill set, with the right support system, and with the right pattern and process and system. And, and it's just, it's, it's amazing to me. So that was our second company. Um, and then our third company is, as I just showed you, we're on video. So for those who are on audio, I apologize, but it's, it's this brand right here. We're just about to launch it. It's called Hardy Heroes. Um, and that is our hemp oil CBD operation. Um, and it's pretty cool. I'll keep, I'll keep that to a, to a, to a, to a slim because I gotta be, I, I gotta be kept on that. I didn't tell my partners I'd be even talking about this on this podcast, but um, yeah, it's, it's, those are my three big focuses as of right now. And of course my agency for anybody who's like, yo, Jaden, you said, don't be chasing, you know, uh, too many objects to shine your shiny object syndrome. Yes, that is very true. When you don't have enough capital and you don't have enough personnel and you don't have enough skill and delegation and systems and automation to do many things, you should just focus on one thing. However, if you look up the word conglomerate, you'll notice that there are bigger companies with lots of backing, lots of capital, lots of financial uh, breadth and skill with personnel and staff to where they can offer multiple services at an expert level because it's not just one person. It's a system of people. So, you know, my, my, my agency is, one, I'm proud to say it's 100% freelance. We have no W-2s. We have over 340 virtual assistants that work with us all across the globe in seven different countries. Um, our C-level executive team is probably the most close to a W-2 where we meet um, and we strategize and they have bonuses and incentives like a W-2 or an equity contract would. Um, but we have 114 clients across five states and we literally can, I could not ask for a better team to crush <laughs> this type of thing with. So I've just been blessed. You know, I'm, I'm very grateful for the opportunities that have come my way. I'm super honored to be, you know, considered Ty Lopez's star student. I think that's where a lot of my attention really came from. But, you know, I, I kind of stepped away from that influencer role about a year and a half ago, two years ago, because I want to really set the paradigm change differently. And, I, and then I'll let you get, sorry. Okay. Um, <laughs> it's like, it just bothers me that like there are Instagram people like, or people on Instagram that like quote own businesses, but like they're busy doing model shoots for their Instagram feed. They're busy doing like, it's just, I'm like, where's the business, you know, where's the actual thing that helps other people? You know what I mean? Cause at the end of the day, an influencer, their sole role is to entertain their audience. You know, they're supposed to be polarizing. That's what makes them good. They're supposed to do those things that nobody would do because that's what breeds the, uh, the culture and the community. It's just, it's so different from being a business owner. Um, and this is actually one of the things that we go into with our higher level gross consulting students. We have business builder students where we, we work with them pretty much daily for months to help expedite and grow them like an incubator would. And it's, it's like the biggest difference that I've noticed is it's hard to be both an influencer and a business owner, unless you get to the point where your business is automated enough to the point where you can be the influencer. So I have the option now to be the influencer if I chose to, but like I said, I'm so equipped to serve so many more people by not influencing, by impacting that I'm just doing impact this year. That's what's up, man. And, and I've been able to, to, to step back a little bit in my business and realize like I've, I've really toned down like everything on social media and really like toned up everything else because like it, you got to look at what the important things are. Like a lot of people are getting fixated on like social media, building up a following, but like if there's nothing behind it, like if, if there's no foundation of like a business or like something that you're actually doing, like yeah. what's, what's the point? There's nothing there. 
And, and to, to add to that point even further, because you're absolutely correct, I think social media is in for a big wake up in the next five years because, you know, social media, I mean, Facebook launched in 2004, right? So if you think about it, it's been around for less than most companies have been around. And it's one of the largest companies in the world. Okay. Like I'm talking like all of the big, like the big five companies in the world, Alphabet, which is the parent company to Google, Microsoft, uh, Amazon, Facebook, like all of these companies past 50 years. So it's insane to think that the biggest GDP producing companies are recent. And when you think about that, you also recognize, yeah, that it makes total sense on why there's no regulation and why there's all of this regulatory thing coming into it. Why Facebook got hit with Cambridge, you know, all of these things happening. Um, I think it, it does contribute to mental health and I'm a strong mm. advocate of mental health awareness. And I, I think social media can be a double-edged sword. It's a good thing because it allows you to serve the many. If you have the right skill set. I think it also can hurt the many if your intention is good, but your outcome is poor, right? Machiavelli said that, you know, the ends justify the means. And I believe that to an extent, but not always. And I think social media is the case or is it an exception? Because I see too often, a lot of our students, especially in our mentorship, they come from Instagram. They come from these social platforms yeah. and they're in debt. You know, it's crazy to think that above and beyond the reason on why people default on their credit cards now past auto loans and mortgages is impulse spending on social media platforms. No joke. Like literally the past six years, credit card companies are, are freaking out because they used to have st stable current paying customers and they knew the two that weren't good auto and mortgage. And now there's these, this whole other category that's social media impulse buyers. That is the worst. And they're like, what do we do with these people? And so it just goes to, it goes back to middle school. Once again, like I said, tadpoles, what, what it was popular then is definitely not what was going to be popular in 10 years. And I think right now social media is at a popularity phase that in the next five to 10 years, it's not only going to be regulated, but it's going to be so apparent who's who and who's not. Mm. I'm preparing myself for that new generation. And I plan to be the alpha or the omega, as we call it in our DHA in that space. 100%, 100%. So Jaden, I want to flash back a little bit in time. I know you talked a little bit about middle school. Um, let's talk about high school for a second. Were you somebody who was hustling at a young age? Were you somebody that took school very seriously? What did that time period look like for you? It was a very depressing time. You know, I talk about personal more than I talk about business because the business is just an extension of you. And the reason why most people can't progress in their business is because they're not growing as people. So high school is a great, and, and they say most people don't change since high school. And that's a great, great thing that you're mentioning right here. So in high school, I would say my mindset was the same. I was always not overly optimistic because that's the dude that steps on the landmine and gets, you know, blown to pieces when he should have prepared better. I'm the type of person that is 51% optimistic, 49% realistic. I am more likely to see the benefit in something than I am to see the negative. But that doesn't mean that I can't objectively see both, right? Yin and yang, darkness and light. I'm a strong, strong candidate in high school and now of following through on things and never quitting. You know, I was actually a terrible student in high school. I barely graduated. I went to one of the largest famous schools in Illinois. I won't say that because I don't want to, be, you know, I've said it on previous podcasts, but I've realized that as I start to grow and I, I, I you know, I don't want to bad mouth anybody, you know, successful sure. people shade. so I, I, I went to this public school and no joke, they changed my senior year grades 
two C's when they were D's and F's because they wanted to uphold their, their points, right? Cause schools have like averages and stuff like that. They wanted my, the average of the school to be better than my personal growth. And that's when I really took a look at the education system and I went, wow, I don't think this is the real deal. I know there has to be something else. And I was always curious, right? Ever since, like I said, middle school, looking at tadpoles versus playing on the playground, I was always a tinkerer. For example, my very first phone, I ripped it apart and my dad was like, why the heck did you do that? And I said, well, I just wanted to see how I could use it, right? It's hard to know the, the, the full potential of something if you don't know what it looks like in and out. And I just wanted to see if I could rebuild the phone and, and learn more about it. And this is another reason on why I think I'm such a tinker. I build IT networks and all this other stuff. In high school, I've always been that curious person, but with a disadvantage. I'm not the smartest of the bunch. I'm not. I, I've been proven that many of times. I got a 24 on my ACT. I got a, I think a 1500 on my SAT. I got, like I said, D's and F's in school. And it got so bad to the point where I felt, A, I didn't get the support I needed. And B, I wasn't getting the thing that I was having my parents pay for, that I stopped going to school sometimes. I would get Dean's passes waiting for me on Mondays because Friday I would just take off because I was so curious to see how the world operated outside of this thing called school. And so I think I got a very early take on the real world, but I didn't execute on it until later on. I didn't start my real first business, I guess you can say, like where I incorporated an LLC until I was 18 after high school, but I'd always been interested in doing it. Like, for example, when I was a junior in high school, there was a gas station that was less than a mile away from our school and everybody liked Arizona, half, you know, lemonade, yeah. half iced tea, Arnold Palmer, right? And so I went to the gas station and I pitched the, the owner. I said, hey, listen, I know you're making a profit because how can you sell these things when you don't even make them? And so he was cool enough to kind of like let me know how he was making his margins and stuff like that. And he actually made a deal with me because he's like, I'm so impressed at such a young age that you're interested in this. And, and like I said, good people attract good people, right? So he was a good person. I was a good person. He gave me what I needed at that moment. I'm grateful for it. And he gave me the opportunity to buy, not at wholesale, but in between wholesale and retail. So he vendored, I think those Arnold Palmer's at like 159. He bought them at 40 cents. He sold them to me at 80. And I went to school and I sold them for a dollar because they were still cheaper than him, but more expensive than I would get them for. And it got to the point where I was literally selling like a couple hundred bucks a week worth of Arnold Palmer <laughs> to the point where my friend was like, yo, dude, you're the Arnold Palmer guy. And I was like, yeah, I am the Arnold Palmer guy. And I said, would you like a job? Because in high school, nobody's got jobs because you can't even work yet. They don't even allow you until you get like 16 or something. And so when I was, like I said, 15, 16, 17, uh, I, I had a couple of my close friends that we would play Dungeons and Dragons on the weekend. And in a weekday, we would sell Arnold Palmer together. And it was probably one of the best experiences of my high school memories and careers. And I wouldn't change it for the, for the world. But to answer your question, once again, I, I was not the best student. The one thing that nobody could take from me though, was my work ethic. I, mm. I never quit, you know, it, and, and I think I got that from when my parents at a young age told me the story of the hare and the tortoise, you know, the hare is the fastest, the more equipped, the better skilled, the overall clear winner of the race. But it's the fact that the tortoise never gave up and slowly but surely, you know, the hare fell asleep at the, at, right before the finish line. It's crazy. I love that story. It's like the person who's got, usually the person who's overqualified or equally qualified is going to do a worse job because they think that they can always do it. They always have time. They're not in the present. And that is such a, a terrible thing to, to be holding yourself subjected to because it, it really reduces the amount of ownership that people have in their life. And I think that is a very, very common challenge that people face when they also face depression, right? They're constantly feeling like they have to play catch up, but it's, 
because they don't really look at the real issue at hand, which is, are you taking ownership for what occurs in the moment, not just what happened before what happens next, right? I think the past is more so when you're dwelling on it, that's when you get depressed. And the future is anxiety. And the moment is where you feel calm and where you feel good. And so in high school, I struggled with in the past and in the future because of my parents and stuff like that. But once I graduated, I was able to move out. I was able to be on my own and I was able to kind of try that thing. And I would highly recommend anybody in high school right now thinking about, should you move out or not? What if my parents, like, yes, move away. Like the best decision I made when I was 18 years old was even though I wasn't financially ready to do so, I had to leave the people that quote were my family, but didn't support me, didn't believe in me, didn't actually do the things that I know I needed to do. And guess what? Full circle. Now they respect me. Now they ask me for things. Now they depend on me if I let them, because I did the things that nobody would do. And so now I have the things that nobody has. Hundred mm, percent. So let's talk about like 18 years old when you decided to actually like go serious uh, on your first business. What did that look like? Uh, it was a network marketing company. And I think okay. that's fairly synonymous to how a lot of people fall into entrepreneurship. Yeah. Right? You type in, how do I make money online? And those guys got all the banner space. <laughs> so I joined a company called Vima, which was a nutritional supplement, uh, multi-level marketing company. And unfortunately it was proven to be a pyramid scheme. Like one of the only of the time to be proven, um, mine was, but before it got proven a, a pyramid scheme, I was always good at sales, right? I, I knew I, I, I took theater in high school. I was always better at talking to people and convincing them because like I said, my willpower could never be taken from me if I wasn't smart. So I knew that, you know, becoming a good person and, and talking to people was good. I also grew up with a dad who was a doctor who preached bedside manner and, and caring before you showed. Um, so I really think I was, I was naturally equipped to go into sales or sell people. And so I did fairly well in Vima. I actually got to, I think it was called a diamond rank where you qualify for like a car payment every single month. And they gave you the option of getting a branded Vima Mercedes, like E-Class or a BMW M3. And I decided to take the monthly payment instead because I just wanted to make more money at the time. But then I started to realize that while I made more money, the people below me were suffering. They were paying essentially to this company. I was getting a portion of it, but then they didn't make any money. And so that made me feel really bad because I didn't feel like I was doing, you know, I wasn't making my money the best way. You know what I mean? There's mm. definitely tons of ways to make money, but not every way is the best way. For example, you sell drugs and it's illegal, regardless of your opinion on the topic, that's not a sustainable or effective way to make your money. And trust me, I, I dabbled with it when I was 17 because, hey, things get tough and you do desperate things when you're in need. But it's, it's important to recognize that you want to look past where you're at right now into the future because that's how you get out of your current situation. You know, people want things to change too fast uh, for, for it to actually stay. You know what I mean? Things that come easy, go easy. Things that take a while, take a while to go. So when I was 18 years old, I started that, I guess it was, I got like a 1099 form from the company. I was like, what is this? Um, and it was my first real intro to business. And I, I was somewhat successful at it in regards to revenue, but I didn't feel successful because I wasn't helping people. I thought I was a hindrance. Hmm. So yeah, that, that was kind of my experience. That's, that's huge to have that kind of revelation, especially at a young age of being like, man, like you, you were making money, but like, this isn't, this isn't the best for me or the people yeah. around me. And, and you know, it's, it's like I said, it goes back to the popularity contest. Everybody thinks that the more money you make, the more you're liked. But truly, I've noticed that the more money you make is not the determining factor of your happiness. It's how you make that money. Right? Like I said, how something occurs is more important than what occurs. You know, unless you're talking about like presidential elections and stuff like that. Then like what occurs is important too. So... <laughs> 
I, I think it's, I think it's important to recognize that, like I said, I think good people do bad things. I don't think there is such a thing as a bad person. You know, mm. I, I've been to dark places and I've been to, to bright places. And I know that people do the things that they need to do and are usually justified in their perspective. But it's the fact that so many people don't get outside of their own perspective, their own bias, their own ego, and they can't actually grow because it's a, it's a box. You know what I mean? It's, it's their sphere of awareness. And yeah. I was just encouraged from a young age to, you know, and I, and I think I'm, man, you're going to make me emotional. Um, you know, my dad was a really big part of that. Um, he took a, he took an oath, right. Um, to serve people and to not let this thing called money, uh, prevent them from receiving care. Right. And I always wanted to be a doctor always, ever since a little boy. And it's just, it, it upset me to see that there were other business people that came from a different place and chose that thing called money over people. You know, the most valuable capital in the world is not a fiat currency. It's a human being, you know, time is the most valuable currency. And if somebody is willing to give you theirs, like, you know what I mean? Like beautiful, like that's amazing. And, and that's the reason on why we grew our, our, our virtual freelance agency uh, to such heights is because I wake up every single day, like just, you know, not to fast forward to back where I'm at right now, but I was sick the other day, right? And the problem with small businesses is when they get sick, the whole business shuts down because it's them. I had over 150 comments in our Slack channel from all of our staff members just on my, hey, I'm gonna be sick today, reschedule with these people. Get well, sir. Thank you, sir. We're so honored, sir. So, you know, like that was well worth however much they get paid every single month. You know, more than a Lamborghini, more than Aston Martin, people. You know what I mean? One of our, our most recent recruits is getting paid less money than most people would be willing to work for in America. And we gave her an extra $150 so that she could afford to take her son to autism physical, to autism therapy. And she was crying, like crying. Cause I, I gave her the opportunity to pay for her son's autism therapy, $150 a month, right? That you can't put a price on, but I can because I'm now empowering people to work and in exchange, get this thing so that they can actually change their life. So, you know, sorry to fast forward again, but literally that it's just so important to me that people recognize that everybody on this earth wants the same thing. It's just who has more of it and who can be responsible enough to make sure everybody goes around and gets their fair share. Right. I was always interested in medieval times and they called the night table, the round table, that, that was a huge honor back in the medieval times, right? If you got to sit at that table, you're like the thing. And I wanted to have my own round table. And that's what I have now. I have my C-level executive team and literally pretty much all of our executive meetings now are not about how we can grow the business or how we can make it more profitable or how we can acquire more clients or anything like that. It's really, okay, what is our mission this month? Who are we trying to serve? What can we do better at? How can we, you know what I mean? It's all about purpose, about impact, because where impact occurs, influence spreads and income soars. And that's our mission statement for our, for our agency. And everybody in our company believes it. I believe it. And I just hope that anybody who's listening follows in suit and, and joins up in arms. Straight up, man. I appreciate your vulnerability. Um, that's, sure. that's huge. So how, how can a younger listener, cause I mean, I, I get a lot of messages from people who are like, how can I make a million dollars yesterday? Like how can sure. they begin to shift their focus from like the money side of things to like the impacting people side of things? Like what are, what are some good strategies that a young 16, 17, 18 year old could start thinking about? I think, I think 
it's difficult to become abundant when you don't have abundance, right? It's very difficult to be like money's not everything when it's every, right? Right. When your rent is due and when your electricity is due. So I don't want to come across as that guy who's so far away from everybody that I'm not relatable. Cause trust yeah. me, I, I still, you know, I probably pay myself the least out of everybody in our company. And, and it's because I want to stay in the same ecosystem of the many, because how can you lead some, like one of my best mentors, he makes nine figures a year in his company right now. And he said that if leadership, he said, if service is below you, leadership is beyond you. And I think that's amazing because if you forget, how do you expect people to follow you? You know what I mean? And so I think it's important for people who want to make a million dollars yesterday to recognize that a million dollars is only a container of value, right? Money is just a container of value. So if you want to go and get a million dollars or be in possession of a million dollars, what do you need to do to deserve it? Right? Cause a lot of people don't get the things that they have because they're not deserving of those things. And so I would really recommend that those people who are looking at the money to just look at how much value they're bringing to everything in their life, their mom, their dad, their brother, their sister, their, their community, right? An entrepreneur is somebody who takes a risk, not for themselves, but for other people. You know, they, they, they go, wow, as a customer, this thing sucks and everybody else must think it sucks too. Cause I know I do. And I'm going to change this thing so that everybody else doesn't have to deal with the same problem that I have. And eventually you get enough people to believe in that mission to the point where you make enough money to where you can have a little bit left over for yourself. And that's truly how you become a millionaire. It's not overnight, right? My eight year overnight success story did not turn me into a millionaire yesterday, right? It took me a long time, but here's the greatest part. Start young. You know, if you're in high school right now and you're aware, I mean, geez, you know, I'm jealous of the guy who's 16 and breaking six figures because it's, you're on such a high trajectory and it's just, it's amazing to, to, to think that people feel that money is more valuable than their, than their time. And I would just, I would just recommend that that person re reevaluate what's the most valuable currency in their life. Is it their mm -hmm. time or is it their money? And it's always going to be time. It's just what people do with their time devalues it, right? If you're playing video games eight hours a day and you're hanging out with your girlfriend 15 hours a weekend and you're going on, you know, all these trips and stuff like that. I get it. Life is to be enjoyed. That's why he gave it to us. Sorry to get religious, but no it's, it's so important to recognize that at the same time that you need to enjoy your life, 50%, you need to work, right? Proverbs 10, four, you know, diligent hands bring wealth, lazy hands, doth poverty. It's so important to recognize that you have to work. You can't outwork work. You know what I mean? Like there's so many people that just like want the shortcut to success. And it's that very thing that they're shorting. That is what creates the success. So it's super significant to, at a young age, recognize that your time is of the utmost value. And if you want to make it more valuable, surround yourself, AKA bring your time closer to those who have higher valuations on their time. This is why I preach people to get a mentor. You know, yes, $2,000 or $5,000 or however much the mentor charges you to be with them is expensive, of course. But if you were to understand what that entrepreneur is actually charging you and what they could go and do in, in another hour, it's, it's ludicrous how much we're losing. You know what I mean? It's because it's not about money. It's about impact. If I could help this person in the next 12 months change their absolute trajectory, what more could this world be? You know what I mean? They say that if you're off, a, a nano inch 
to, to launch into space, you don't even hit the moon. You go like to another planet. So it's like super important to recognize that you got to be lightning focused on your path. And if you don't know what path you should be taking, go follow somebody who's a little bit further ahead on the yellow brick road to the Emerald city. You know what I mean? There's a difference between a, like a, like a, like a mentor and an accelerator, right? I, we use, we use the word mentor a lot, but I'm trying to change that to accelerator because I, I like to think of myself as an accelerator to people's success. I'm not at the Emerald city yet. And everybody views these mentors, these far off figures that they view on YouTube. You know, you know who I'm talking about. They're already at the Emerald city. You know, it's so hard to see what the yellow brick road looks like at the beginning because you're at the Emerald city. But if you go and talk to somebody who's maybe just on mile six and you're on mile one, it's a more relatable B a lot closer and a lot more achievable. So you don't beat yourself up over it all the time. And, and lastly, you get to build a relationship with somebody who can help you with way more than just that business thing. Cause like I said, the person is what creates the success in business. It's just an extension of you. So if that person's successful in business, imagine how they are in relationships with people. Imagine what they do with their physical health outside of their personal time. You know, imagine what they do to make themselves happy. That is by far the most valuable thing I've taken away from my eight, nine, 10 figure mentors in the past four years is just looking at what they do outside of work not judging myself as much for enjoying my life because these guys enjoy their lives way more than I do. You know what I mean? It's, it's a totally different paradigm. And that's another mission of mine with our DHA and our gross consulting is we, I want to reform the education system. It's mm. so archaic. It's so outdated. I took one community college class in marketing and I learned the SWOT analysis, which was super valuable. But after that, I was like, this is, this is old. You know, you guys don't even mention Facebook and I'm on it looking up the answer to your, you know what I mean? Like they don't even mention Google and it's like, I'm looking up the test answer on this platform. It's, it's just crazy to me, you know, it's just crazy. Yeah. Things change fast. That's, that's the truth. And if you guys didn't catch that, like literally rewind the podcast like five minutes and take some notes there because Jaden just dropped some amazing, amazing value on y'all. Now, Jaden, I want to dive into the agency side of things right now because I have a lot sure. of younger listeners hitting me up being like, how do I start an agency? What do I need sure. to do? Um, so sure. first, can you just tell us about your experience starting your agency, working with Ty Lopez? Um, fill us in on that story. Yeah, absolutely. So when I first got started into social media marketing, I honestly didn't even really know what it was. You know, I was the guy in high school that didn't have a Facebook when everybody was like friending, yep. poking and stuff like that. I, I was so away from the social media game. And I think that's the reason why I fell so deep into it so fast was because it was like everything new is fun. So when I joined the social media marketing agency program in late 2016 in October, that was my first real kind of exposure to a title. I had no idea who Ty Lopez was prior to that, that program. Um, and I actually joined the program because I joined his 67 step program. I was advertised the pyramid of wealth. And I still remember it to this day. I, he like drew out the five pillars of, of wealth. And I was like, Oh yeah, I'm at the top. Right. I was like, I'm the number one guy. And like, dude, I watched the entire hour and a half until he got to the bottom. And I was like, no, oh, I'm at the bottom. Oh man, this sucks. And it just made me like, like him more and trust him more because he was genuine and he was real. And I bought his 67 set program. And that obviously led me to his, you know, other programs. And then I joined his SMMA program because before it was even released, he was talking about it in, I think Oslo, Norway, when he was looking at purchasing some water operations he was like, yo, I think I'm going to talk about, uh, I think I'm going to help you guys grow your own businesses by social media marketing. And so I joined his program, I think day one. And from there, I was able to, I think I was able to get a lot more hands-on. You know, I think it's easier to manage a hundred people than it is to manage a hundred thousand people. Right. And 
I think everybody can agree with that. And so when I was one of 100 in the private Facebook SMMA group, which is crazy to think about because now there's like over 60,000 people, it's, it's like I had way better access to the team, you know? And this is why I think people get mad when they join opportunities late. It's not because they missed the market, it's they missed the service in its entirety, right? I joined and I was able to get in contact with customer service right away. I would literally, I emailed them questions so frequently. I think that was actually the reason why Ty Lopez took an interest into me is because literally his support team like probably knew me by a first and last name basis. And I, I, I literally took everything that they said to heart. Eventually I got a big client within the first 45 days and then took off from there. You know, he kind of like, like put the fog light on me and you know, Ty Lopez at the time had, I think, 2.1 million followers and across all of his platforms, like 10, 15 million people. And as a 20 year old going on 21, just selling one client for a year at 20 grand and then having it turn into this massive stage where people were coming to me for advice. It, it really, I think propelled me into that leadership and that authoritative role that I, I, I am now. I don't think I was it then, but you know, growth is uncomfortable. It forces you to become the thing that you're not. And this is where I, I kind of disagree with some people when they say fake it till you make it. You know, I, I think part of fake it till you make it makes sense because you have to try to become the thing you're not. Otherwise, there's no point in trying at all, right? You have to have goals that you haven't yet attained yet. That's progression. I mean, think about how, how dissatisfying it would be as soon as you got to the end, you're done. It's ridiculous. But at the same time, though, I also learned a lot more by teaching others. You know, I felt like I kind of had some, some, some leverage actually, because I was able to talk to hundred, 200, 300 other agency owners. And some of these guys were bigger than me at the time that Ty Lopez shouted me out. Like one guy was in Australia doing like 60 grand a month working with stool, uh, schools. And he kind of gave me some pointers on like how to run my Facebook ad campaigns and all this other stuff. And like I said, if I wasn't humble enough and I wasn't open and minded enough to recognize that there are always going to be people better than me, even though I have this platform. I probably wouldn't have gotten to the place that I was at, that I'm at now. You know, I really took every conversation to heart, even though I might not have executed upon it. I took every conversation, every opportunity, this podcast, for example, I take every opportunity that I can and I have available to, because you never know, you never, you can't, can, you can't predict the future as much as we would all like to. And as soon as you can, please tell me, I'll pay you everything I have and more, you know, uh, but it's like, you just need to, you have to believe in yourself and you also have to believe in other people. Like I said, good people do bad things. There's no such thing as a bad person. Mm -hmm. I think everybody innately wants to help other people because they want it themselves and people project what they want onto others. They might not do it the best way, but everybody wants the same thing. And that's why we can all help each other. So I really took to heart in the beginning, learn, right? Just like you're still a student. And that was the biggest challenge for me was it was so hard to be both a student and a teacher right? Within the first three months of that program launching, I was a teacher in the course, right? I had been teaching people how to sell customers and how to acquire clients and how to retain clients and how to structure deals because I was a successful student in the first couple of months of the program. And that part had yet to been built. Not everybody else was having as much sales success as I had been. So they were like, yo, you want to teach this? And I said, yes, he flew me out and man, dude, so grateful for that opportunity, you know? And, and you know, it's crazy because that's just the beginning and I don't know how much time we have, but you know, past the SMMA course, I continued to invest into Ty Lopez. There was a lot of times that people saw me on his camera where they didn't realize that I actually had paid to be there just like everybody 
anybody else. He had a lot of masterminds that costed $10,000 of his round table. I paid that fee. I not only paid that fee, I brought other people to it because I was allowed to bring a plus one. I brought Casey Adams actually to the first one. He was like, yo, dude, you're giving me a five grand ticket. I'm like, 100%, dude. You'd do it if, if you were in my shoes and I was in yours. You know, give unto others unconditionally because that's how you receive. And I just, I took every step and every opportunity one step at a time, one foot in front of the other, and I didn't get distracted. I put my blinders on. I knew that if I just went all in and listened to Ty Lopez, right? You know, people love him, people hate him, and that's a part of becoming successful. You can never please the world. I mean, just look at Donald Trump, right? Half the country freaking hates the dude, and he's still president. So it's like, I knew that a part of becoming successful, it was going to be difficult to have everybody like me. But what I really wanted to make sure about was if I do have 50% of the world like me, what am I liked for? Like I said, going all the way back to being how, not what, but how. And I just made sure that I just focused on the successful people that had given me great advice. And when they didn't give me great advice, like I said, I always listened, but I didn't always execute on everything. You know, you always have to listen to yourself at the end of the day. You have that inner voice, you know, that tells you what's right. And that also inner voice that tells you it's wrong. And we're actually gamifying that in our, in our uh, entertainment company. Uh, we have a Mr. Data, who's like the angel, and D-Man, who's the villain. And these are these super arch nemesises fighting uh, against each other in our entrepreneurial world. And, you know, I want to really showcase that in a unique way that I think hasn't been seen before. And it's full circle because, and I have to, I have to kind of change the course a little bit. I'm sorry. When I was 18, I graduated high school. I, I wanted to go to college. I really did. I wanted to go to the university of Southern California in, um, for cinematography, right? One of the best schools in the, in the, in the country for cinematography. They said that, um, you know, uh, the Scott uh, brothers went there and, and uh, all, all very famous film producers went there. And I had taken nine years of theater prior to graduating high school. And I really wanted to direct and I wanted to create films and I wanted to be a part of that. And it's just funny because I'm doing that now, but it's just different than the way I expected it to be. And I'm so happy that I took this different path instead of going to college and learning how to do that stuff and working a job and maybe eventually getting there in 20 years that I took it in five years because now I'm able to change so much more in the next 15. 100%, 100%. Now, Jaden, we are running a little bit short on time, but yes. I do want to, um, to serve, serve the listeners here who are interested sure. in starting an agency. So give us, give us like your quickest like ninja agency tips that you can fit in the next like five minutes here. Yeah, first things first, find a mentor, right? In five minutes, I'm not gonna be able to give you what it takes to build a seven figure sure. business. But if you give me more time, I can give you more of what you guys are listening for. So definitely make sure to, you know, I'm not as active, unfortunately, on my Instagram and on my social medias anymore, but follow our company pages, you know, Digital Heroes Academy, Gross Consulting Mentorship. All of these things are gonna be very popular in the next six to 12 months. So just make sure you're staying in touch with that and I'll, and I'll definitely drop more value to your listeners that way. But if you guys are wanting some quick actionable steps as of right now, learn how to sell. I would say the majority of our listeners here are probably not with a client or maybe they have one or two clients and they're looking to grow. Mm -hmm. Focus on income. So many people try to retain one customer and they like try to squeeze a penny when you could just go and get another dollar. And you, you just got to focus on selling way more. And I don't mean to say that because I don't want to have people focus on money. But like I said before, you have to focus on what you need before you can focus on what you want. So at the end of the day, if what gets you money is selling businesses, go out and sell more businesses, cold call, write a letter, record yourself on a video or an audio message and send it to them via email or a text message or Facebook, send them a message on Facebook, shoot. You know what I'm saying? Like there's so many ways in 2019 now to make money. You could do Uber during the day. 
and call businesses at night or vice versa, call businesses during the day and Uber at night. Like I, I think one of the things that I want to really hone in on here that I think has been lost with my story that I'm trying to clear up by branding my own self is I didn't go from zero to 1.2. I went from $39,000 a year to 1.2. I worked full time at a medical administrative practice as a billing personnel, right? I billed doctors, um, patients to their insurance companies to make money. And that security allowed me to have real conversations with business owners about things other than money. Because when you're just focused on money, it's so hard to talk to a business owner because they're just going to smell it. It's like the reek of desperation and scarcity. It's like it pushes people away. And that's, I would say, the first step is just get yourself secure. A lot of people are like, go all in, quit your job. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. I mean, it's, it, I'm fed up with this. People are like, yo, dude, start your own business today. Okay, yeah, college has a 46% success rate now with diplomas getting people incomes to keep them stable. Entrepreneurship is less than 10%. Okay, 96% of businesses fail within the first three years. So if you want to be a part of that evil statistic, then do exactly what everybody tells you is popular. But I genuinely think that get a job, get an income, be stable, and then go talk to businesses about your side hustle. And then eventually that side hustle will turn into a business. You know what I mean? It takes time. There's no shortcut to success. And I really wish I could give you better, but that's the truth. I mean, yeah, that's, that's what they're like. You need to have income. Like you can't just like go out there, like, like businesses die. A lot of businesses that you're going to start are going to die because you don't have any income coming in. And like, Absolutely. like you said, man, you can try to squeeze a penny all you want, but like going out there and finding more clients is, is what you got to do. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and here's the best place to start. If you're thinking about, well, I already quit my job. I'm already in business. Now what do I do? Start with people who know who you are, like who you are, and trust who you are. If you haven't read the book, How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie, you got to read it because he talks about KLT and that is the basis of anything. I literally just got off of an hour and a half training seminar with our sales team in these other two companies talking about just KLT. It's our second step of our, of our seven step sales process. It's called discovery. And the first phase of three in discovery is KLT getting to know who somebody is, getting to like them, getting to trust them. Because after somebody knows, likes, and trusts you, even if you don't know what you're talking about, they still will pick up your phone call, answer your message. And 70% of all of our revenue comes reoccurring, follow up. And that's where the money's at, is just being the, the, the last person that touches that guy when he's ready to make the deal. 100%. Jaden, you've been dropping so much value on our listeners and I'm, I'm ridiculously grateful for that. Where can they go if they want to follow up with you, uh, learn more about you and just keep in touch? Yeah, absolutely. So if you guys are interested in learning more about what it is that we're doing, definitely give me a follow on my personal Instagram at Jaden, J-A-I-D-E-N. It's my first name. Yes, it's an OG username. Yes, I paid a lot of money for it. No, you cannot buy it. I swear, <laughs> every fourth DM I get now on Instagram is, yo, can I have your username? It's crazy. And so just follow me there if you guys want to get in touch with me personally. I will admit, I don't always answer all of my messages. I do have two main people that alleviate some of my communication challenges that I have now that I have so many people that reach out to us. However, they will then get in contact with you and funnel you through to the best medium of what you guys are looking for from our company and our brand. Awesome. Awesome. And I'll be sure to... I'll be sure to toss that in the show notes if you guys can't remember how to spell Jaden, um, but it's, it's pretty straightforward. I think yep. you guys can manage it. Yep. Uh, Jaden, I have a couple questions I like to ask all my guests before we wrap up the show. You feeling ready for those? Sure. All right. The first thing I want to ask you is uh, what is something that genuinely has Jaden Gross excited right now? The ability to impact the world. I am super excited 
excited for the last company that I talked about, uh, Hardy Heroes, because I, like I said, I, and I don't want people to think that I'm doing too many things and shiny objects in Let me, let me kind of explain to you my play. Cause I think this is what will really kind of hone into people why we should actually be people that they listen to instead of anybody else. Right. Cause your podcast, dude, we're dropping value here. So if people haven't hit the subscribe button, they should hit the subscribe button. And if people haven't commented five stars, they should be commenting five stars because the fact that they're able to listen to this stuff for free on yours and mine's time and dollar and is amazing, right? 2019 is incredible. So one of the things that I'm really excited about is our CBD company because for the longest time, for the past four years, I've been working with doctors that are, are restricted in helping cure or treat their patients because of Western pharmaceuticals. A lot of them have now started to shift towards Eastern medicine, you know, more medicinal uh, wellness, preventative medicine, because it's harder to solve stage two, stage three, stage four, when you can just target it before it even hits stage one, right? And there's way more uh, ability to create change prior to a problem versus after the problem has been created. So we're going into the CBD space because whether or not people believe it is up to them, but the science shows that there are over 200 terpenes that these types of products and services uh, can help alleviate. It's treat, it treats epilepsy. I mean, the FDA just came out with a federally approved product that people can buy clinically to help treat their epilepsy seizures. It helps people remember more if they have Alzheimer's. I mean, I'm not trying to sound like a snake oil salesman, uh, snail, salesperson, however, snails person, but it's super incredible to think that something that has been illegal for almost a hundred years, even though our constitution was written on it, our forefathers grew it in their front yards. It was commonly accepted back in time. Now it wasn't, now it is again. I'm so ready to jump on that bandwagon because this product is now going to be in 114 doctor's offices that we've been marketing and advertising for. We have now a second additional revenue stream to help the doctors make more money with that. We will also make money with. See, it's like, that's how you make money. You see how I started with the doctor and the and their customers first? I went, hey, customers of doctors hate pharmaceuticals. So they're going to buy something else. That's going to hurt my doctor. So how do I equip my doctor with something that he can be competitive with to help his person? Now I make my money. Does that make like way last? You know, if you guys want to read a great book, it's called Leaders Eat Last by Simon Sinek. And he talks about this all the time. So many people think that the entrepreneurs, the CEOs, they make bank day one. Not at all. They make bank year 12. You know what I mean? Because after so many years of pain and struggle and sacrifice, eventually it gets back to you. And unfortunately, the world is a little slow, but the internet and social media are expediting that faster than you can think. So just, you know, join arms with the people who care more about others than they care about themselves and you will hit the gold. You, you will hit the jackpot. 100%. 100%. Jaden, man, I, I really, again, I appreciate your time, man. And I'm so glad you spent it here on Young Smart Money. Do you have any last closing thoughts, words of wisdom or anything you want to close out the show with here today? Absolutely. If you guys are young, smart, and you guys are looking for money, this is definitely the podcast you guys should be on. So hit subscribe, hit like, hit a comment. This is not a paid promo. This is just truthfully, I don't always promote people, but when I see people like you that are actually trying to make an impact and not do this thing for influence or do this thing for income, it really makes me want to stand behind you. So you got my kudos, man. Hats off to you. You're doing way more things than, than I was doing, especially with the exposure that you guys are you know, able to get to. Um, and, and, and last but not least, Light, light, learning is lifelong. The challenge that I think a lot of people in the entrepreneurial space, the digital marketing space, or whatever you want to call it space, you know, get wealthy, fast space, 
is that college is four years, right? It's fixed time variable learning, right? Some people come out of college doing great. Some people come out of college absolutely lost in $2,000, $100,000 in debt. And the problem with that is because those people should have stayed in college longer. You know, they should have actually learned the material that college was preparing them for because it does work for some people and it works better than most businesses do in America. So, you know, respect the education system that is in existence. It's there and it's been there for decades and, and actually centuries for a reason. But now times have changed and it isn't as effective as it could be. But that's because people depend on what occurred 50 years ago to do the same thing it does today. And nobody would think about that. And, and be okay with that if they thought about having a 50-year-old uh, refrigerator or 50-year-old car or 50-year-old electricity or anything. But when it comes to school, they're like all in, totally agree with it. So just recognize life is all about learning, lifelong. You're constantly a student. And if you ever stop learning, that's when you fail. That's when you truly lose because now you're giving yourself vulnerability to people who are a little bit more open-minded than you, even though they're less equipped, less resources, less, you know, it's not about how many resources you have. It's about how resourceful you are. You know, the biggest and the best companies in the world started in basements and garages. It's insanity to think about, but it's really, it's quite simple. You know, you either do what you think you can, or you do what you know you can. There's a big difference. So many people think, and then they don't act versus just doing, looking at the results and then changing and adapting from there. And I'll leave you with this final story. Okay. There was a man that walked into a forest and as he started to get deeper and deeper and deeper into this forest, he noticed that there were bullseyes with arrows directly in the bullseye, closer and closer and closer and closer and closer. As he started to go deeper into the forest, he noticed that there was literally hundreds of arrows in hundreds of bullseyes. And he was like, man, I got to find this archer. This guy's amazing. He walks a little bit further down the road. He gets to a dirt path. He sees an archer with no quiver. I'm sorry, with a quiver with no arrows in it. He approaches the guy and he says, hey, man, did you shoot all those arrows back there? He said, yes, I did. He said, and you hit all those bullseyes. He said, yes, yes, I did. And he says, man, I have to ask you, as a fellow marksman myself, how do you have such impeccable aim? And the guy says, easy. I shot first, and then I drew the bullseye. I love just, it. Just goes to show you, you have to shoot, then recalibrate. So many people wait that they miss the chance to even do anything. And that's the worst thing that you could allow yourself to do is wait when the chance is now. So go out there, you know, be a part of something, even if it's not comfortable to you, that's good. Do you think plants want to push through cement? No, they don't, but they need sunlight, they need oxygen, and they need water. So they do it. So you can too. You know, people say toughen up. You have to. You know, there's a lot of exposure now with social media and the internet. So toughen up, get out there. And if you need support, like I said, there are tons of people like us who are happy to help support you as long as you're willing to give a hand up, right? We don't give handouts, we give hands, you know, hand ups. And it's so important to have people really reach out for help. You know, pe people can't help you if you don't ask. Mm, that's the truth. Jaden, I got nothing but mad respect for you, dude. I'm so grateful for you spending your time here on the podcast. It has been a pleasure. You're welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to this episode of Young Smart Money. If you want to support the show, you can do so in three different ways. You can subscribe, you can leave me five, and you can share this episode with a friend. To subscribe, all you got to do is click the subscribe button on Apple Podcasts. To leave me five, 
all you got to do is scroll all the way down to the bottom of the podcast page for Young Smart Money and click on the write a review button. And to share with a friend, all you got to do is screenshot yourself listening to this episode, post on your Instagram story, tag me, and I'll be sure to repost it in my Instagram story as well. I love giving you guys some attention who are listening to the show. Thanks for listening and I'll see you in the next one.